you're tuning into the High Performance Path podcast, and I'm your host, Alex. If you want to increase your productivity, enhance your mental performance, hack your sleep, and build a bulletproof body, then you're in the right place. Get ready as we dive into interviews with performance coaches, business owners, and health professionals to find out their daily routines, habits, and movement practices. All right, let's go. Zoe, to me, it seems like you are a jack of all trades. Mm. And I know I don't like this question, so you must hate this question, so I'm not going to ask you it. But the question of what is it that you do, Mm. you must hate that question. So we're not going to start with that. We're going to unpack what you do a little bit later in the episode. Okay. But I want to start with, were you always into health and wellness growing up? Or did you kind of find this when you're a little bit older? Like what, how, what, what was your upbringing like? Yeah, I definitely found it um, when I became older. When I was young, I lived on very remote properties up in North Queensland. So we had sheep and cattle stations and uh, I was a single child. We lived very remotely, you know, to the point where we would just go grocery shopping once every six weeks. We lived so far from town, it was like six hour drive. Um, I did school of distance education, very, uh, I would say alone as a child, but, but unknowingly, you know, mm. cause you're a single child, you don't know any different. And it only, you know, so I was like very much a country girl, grew up competing, riding horses, working cattle and, um, you know, traveling around rodeoing and just a, such a different life than most kids live. And I only just started getting into health and wellness really in my mid-20s probably. Um, Was there a turning point where something kind of made you think this has got to change? Yeah, there was a massive turning point, Alex. And that turning point was... I became really depressed. I just had my first child um, who's now 12. I just had my first child and um, I had a really great life. We had a beautiful property. I had a great marriage. Um, Everything was just like amazing. I was at the top of my game in my competition, but I became super, super depressed and I found myself just sitting out the back on the tailgate of the ute, um, out in the paddock and just bawling my eyes out and just having no idea why. And when I shared that with my family, they, um, I was guided to go to the doctor and get medication because that's what you do when you feel like that. And um, it just felt like a kind of a silencing. And I was just like, well, you know, okay, that's an option. And I've seen like, you know, other people in my family go down that route, but it doesn't seem as though they're very fulfilled. And I reached out to a good friend of mine who had spent time at a a retreat tree of life for quite some time in America, in Arizona and learned all about raw food. And I reached out to her and she said, Hey, no way. Like, don't do that. Um, Get onto raw food. I'd been vegetarian since I was 17. So I was like, okay. So as far as health, like I did want better health and having grown up as, as a grazier's daughter, um, you know, cattle farming, turning vegetarian is a huge, huge thing. And I did that when I moved to America because um, I lived and traveled with a girl over there who was a vegetarian. And she's like, we don't cook meat in my, in my um, place. So I kind of did that for that reason. Thought it was a healthier option, but never, never really learned too much about it. So I was like eating like heaps of cheese and, you know, just a lot of like takeaway food and just, you know, still feeling fat and kind of gross and um, energyless. So I started getting into raw food. I did go on medication for three months. And in that three months that I went on medication for my feeling depressed, I lost my sex drive completely. I lost my drive for life. I lost my relationship, like my verve of relationship with my child, like with my little boy. I just felt like I felt nothing. I felt completely nothing. And so I was just like, this is bullshit. I don't want to feel like this. So I went down the route of raw food and then that led me into um, wanting to explore yoga and yoga led me into wanting to explore. Like I, 
I explored nutrition. So I'm a naturopathic and raw food nutritionist. Um, first and foremost, that's kind of where I started. And then it was yoga. I became a yoga teacher over some years. I then started delving into sexuality and, um, you know, I, I spent, I've, I've spent quite a bit of time, um, guiding people through hypnotherapy and, um, yeah, it's, I ha I do have a lot of tools in my, um, toolbox, I guess, but it's, it's all kind of like, I, I try not to say, well, I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this and I do this because it's just like, these are all tools that I use now, but from this perspective of, um, of helping people to find their, their verve, their their energy, their awakening of life. Mm. Yeah. So you're you're just you're a coach of sorts that help people yeah. with many different things. Yeah, I guess so. As a like, blanket term, I guess. It's a bit of a blanket term. I I do detest the word coach because it's like when I think of coach, I think of the American football coach. Like it's just like that's not me. <laughs> um well, so what I I guess what I would sum up most of what I do right now is I'm a sexuality leader and I work with people in busy roles and leadership positions um, to find the power of their sexuality and to use that to gain and access success and freedom in all areas of their life. So their relationship, their love life, their career, their health, it's, it's all inclusive, you know? Yeah, cool. Let's yeah. dive into some of that. Great. So... Where do we even start? So you, I met you um, through yoga. Yeah. You were teaching yoga mm. at a gym mm. that I was working at. And that's how we cross paths yeah. in our lives. Yeah. Um, but you mentioned you are a sexuality coach. Yeah. I don't know what term you just said before. Yeah, that's okay. But let's dive into that. I want to kind of talk to you about how the listeners mm. – can use their sexuality or their 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 drive their sex drive mm. or whatever you call it mm. to improve aspects of their life like their career yeah. or their health or their fitness or performance mm. so which one do you want to kind of dive into or where's a good place to start with that well, I believe um I can kind of just get the juices flowing a little bit I suppose sexuality is such a realm of shadow. It's such a realm of shame. It's such a realm that we don't talk about. Um, we get kind of uncomfortable around. And the thing with sexual energy is it's not to be thought of necessarily as, um, you know, the way that we see sex these days seems to be as a commodity. It's like a, a sell point or it's a, a point of shame or it's a point of like, separation um, in a lot of cases where sexual energy is life force energy and life force energy is like this miraculous energy that we've been created from. So sexual energy as such being life force energy, when you wake up in the morning and you, you know, you look around and you're like, fuck, I don't want to get out of bed today. I feel I've got nothing to strive for. Um, I, I feel depressed. My relationship's shitty, blah, 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 blah. I usually, you know, when people come to me with that, I can guarantee that there is a lack of sexual life force mm. in their world, right? In their life. And so it doesn't mean they need to be having more sex. It just means that we need to have them turn inwards to, um, to connect with their deeper energy. So there's a lot of spirituality that's involved and people, you know, a lot of people have a fear around spirituality because, you know, you sit, you go to these like events that are more spiritual events and you might go in and it's like a sacred circle and everyone's sharing their deepest, darkest, like, oh, their wounds and all of that. And most of us don't want to do that. Most of us are just like, I just want to learn about sexuality. I don't want to go and tell everyone all my stuff and share all of my, you know, all of my background and all the things that have hurt me and, and my shames and et cetera. So what I love about like the way that I come from this is I, I guess I bridge that sacred sexuality and the mainstream. Mm -hmm. So like I said, the people who are busy, which can be anything from like a mom, like a super busy mom. That's just like, I, I just cannot get out of my head 
to the the man who's the master of his realm, the CEO that feels trapped in his sexuality that he can't get a partner to meet him in his sex drive, you know? So there's like so many different, um, I guess, flavors to this to this work. But, but it's just really important to, that people know that sexual energy is life force. So if you're feeling dead in your life force, it's like we can, we can turn that back into um, awakening that life force. That's essentially what I do. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. Mm. Now, I want to talk from a male's perspective. Yeah. Understanding females. Great. We're so different mm. and quite often we don't understand each other. Yeah. Because we work differently. Mm-hmm. Our hormones are different. Mm-hmm. We've we've evolved and we're wired to be totally different and have different needs. Yes. Now, for the males who are listening, mm. how can how can males get inside? I I actually I guess what I'm asking is how can males understand females more yeah. and improve the relationship as a whole, I guess, but in regards mm-hmm. to sexual energy. Yeah. Okay. What I'd like to say about that is um, for males to understand, for the masculine, which there's a masculine and feminine inside of every single person, whether they're male-bodied or female-bodied. I read that in your book. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like masculine means man and feminine means woman. Like that we are, women do have more feminine traits, more feminine kind of energy, more receptivity. And the masculine, the man does have more masculinity through him as essentially, you know, as an overgeneralization. You said it like the yin and yang. Mm, yin and yang. Yeah. So the female is more the yin energy, more the receptive. Um, you think of the vagina, it takes things in, right? So it receives energy in. That's the yin energy. Okay. Um, and then the yang energy is the penetrative energy, which is the cock, the lingam right? So this is, this is more of the masculine. But for me, I'm very embodied in my masculine. I know how to penetrate the world. I know how to fucking get shit done. So I'm very um, developed in my masculinity, but I'm also super developed in my femininity and my receptivity. And this is, I think, I'm getting off the point a little bit, but I'll come back, is this is um, a big problem in our relationships for these days because Men, I believe, as a generalization, are probably a little confused about where they fit and how they fit because a lot of women, you know, we are so busy with like our lives. There's so much shit going on that we feel like we need to move from a mental place. Like the the, the masculine is more um, logic focused, right? So he like goes towards a goal and he knows that in order to get to that goal, he must do these things, Right. And as women in society these days, we have become more that way as well. And so what happens is there's almost no room for like we've got two two masculine energies mm, okay. trying to penetrate each other. And it's like, you know, as a man, when a woman's telling you what to do and like you need to do this and you, you know, it's supposed to be done this way. It's like, oh, <laughs> like stop, you know, whereas um what what we women have like kind of lost along the way um, has been our the power that comes from our innate sensitivity, feeling, inner feminine wisdom. Because for me, if I want to get shit done in my life, it's like cool. If I'm on my own, I can I can penetrate stuff. But if I'm with a man, I I will always like um, open myself to his gifts. And so in that, it's like, I feel the energy and I say to him, Hey, like I'm feeling this right now. Um, like, how would you like to guide this? How, which direction would you like to go? And for a man, he can go, well, that's beautiful because she feels that. And now I'm recognizing it. And so I'm going to lead in this direction, you know? And it's like, this is the beautiful thing of partnerships is like, when one can, you know, the man can drop into his feeling and sensitivity if he desires to and when he desires to too. And that's really important to be able to do that. And then the feminine or the, the woman steps into her leadership role, you know, the penetrative role. And then they can sort of like just drop in and out. like Balance each other balance out. Balance each other out, you know. It's like so important. It's so important for men to have the time and space and permission 
to drop into their bodies and feel because as you would know as a man it's it's fucking exhausting you know you have a lot expected of you especially in relationship it's like okay I've got to provide for this I got to keep in control of this part of my life I got to do these things and it's like when do I get to relax when do I get to like fully let go and for a man to fully let go it's you know so a man might come home and just sit in front of the tv right and feel like that's relaxation time but it's really not because what he needs to fully relax is to have no expectations on him. No no thing to do after watching TV. No um, person saying like, I, I need this of you t- like later or now or, you know, I'm trying to talk to you while you're trying to relax. It's like for a man to fully just recharge his batteries, he needs to not have any expectation, right? And that's why it's so fucking important for men to have men time, to go and hang out with their bros, their mates, their friends, and just be like, dude, let's just hang out and let's not be having anyone. And, I, you know, I say this like um, with a little bit of sarcasm, like the nagging energy, you know, like as women, we don't want to nag, but we also – we also feel as though, you know, we might have expectation of you, et cetera, et cetera. Or need to push a little bit. Need to push a little bit. But the thing is, as women, when we understand that we are here to in, not here to with, with the purpose in life to, but we are here with a beautiful gift of being able to inspire a man into his purpose. So if we inspire you rather than try and pull you, it's like you feel no pressure, right? If I'm like, if I say to you, um, Alex, I think it's better if we, you know, put the camera here and do that. You're like, hang on, this like this is my show. But if I say to you, hey, Alex, how do you feel about the placement of the camera? Like, does that feel okay for you? And then my job then is to surrender to the fact that you fucking know your trade, you know your craft, and that's like that's a really interesting way to go about it. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's the inspiration, right? Because then Mm. you feel me kind of like just asking you for more leadership in Mm. your own realm and then then you just go, okay, cool. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. It is that way or no, it's not. But when there's two people trying to penetrate each other, trying to lead, trying to push – it um it really tends to separate and and then you lose the polarity which loses the ability to want to fuck mm, right we don't want that we don't want that no <laughs> that's terrible no. yeah cuz that like that lends you know the the two people penetrating lends to resentment from both sides mm. the man's like stop pushing me and the woman's like do as i say oh yeah yeah it just gets further and more kind of wall yeah. walls get built up yeah yeah, cool. What do you see that men like? What mistakes? What what mistake do you see most common when you work with couples? Because do you work with couples and people who are single? Yeah, I work mainly with singles. Yeah. Um, I have worked with couples, like funnily enough, like in Europe and the state. Uh, yeah, in America, but like not so much in person. I feel like there's a little bit of fear that comes up around women, you know, because a lot of people who um, come to me for the first part of like, if they're having a relationship problem, a lot of times it's the woman that comes Mm -hmm. to me rather than the man. The man will usually come to me through being pushed by his woman. Yeah. If it's a relationship thing. Um, Yeah. So the question was, Um, what do well in the couple scenario? Yeah. Is there a common theme that you, that men seem to make? like a mistake or something that they're blinded by Mm. that you seem to, that seems to be common? Yes, there is. And I wouldn't call it a mistake. I would just call it an unyet learned behavior, which is women, um, we desire presence. We desire a man to see us and to witness us and just to be fully present to our you know, whatever it is, our process, our emotion, our, and not needing to fix us. We just want him to listen and to be there and just to go, Hey, I feel you. I understand. I'm sorry. You're going through that rather than, well, Hey, you should, you know, go to your boss and say this and say that and say, like, we don't want that. We Mm. just want presence. And for a lot of men in a relationship, 
you know, as a man, you want to conquer, you want to fix stuff. Fix things. Right? I remember you talking about that in your book. Yeah. yeah. So it's like, you're like, well, I'm trying to, I want to offer you the answers. And a woman's just like, I just want sympathy. I just want you to listen. <laughs> and this is why it's so important for women to, if you're in a relationship as a woman, to have women friends that you go to for that. You know, if you're not getting it from your man, um, you know, you go and get that from your women where you can just like, blah, 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 this and that happened. And they just go, oh my God, that's terrible. Oh yes, you know. Mm. But in a relationship, if you really want to create um, respect from your woman and a feeling of your woman looking up to you. That is when you sit and you create time to say, Hey babe, tell me what's going on for you in your life. And you just look her in the eye and you sit and you don't fix, you just stay present with her. And the same with sex when you are, um, it's, it's all about slowing down. It's all about just like opening this heart space a little bit and just feeling her. Right. And with sex, it's exactly the same thing. Most of the time, women's feedback is um, almost almost 100% of the time, actually. Women's feedback is they want to penetrate me too fast. And what happens is then our um, positive pole as a woman is our vagina. Your positive pole as a man is your cock, which means you receive through your heart. So that's your negative pole. You receive oh, through your heart. Negative, yeah. yeah. But you give through your cock, right? I receive through my vagina, but I give through my heart. So this is like where you feel the woman's like more the nurturer and the feeler, you know? Yeah. So um, I guess like what, what I want to say with that is a man, okay, this is going to be really great for women to hear as well, is if a man wants to be inside of you, especially if, you know, you're in a relationship, it's because he loves you. He wants to connect with you. And that is him giving his love to you with his cock, you know. It's not about he just wants to get off. He just wants to, like, fulfill his desires. You're just a used object, which as a lot of times women feel like they're just, like, there to be used for that. And that's their own thing. That's their own stuff that they're carrying around. Um, but... If a man wants to connect with you sexually, it's because he loves you and he wants to be inside of you and he wants to feel your love. So for a woman, though, we have to be opened in our heart to open in our pussy. And what that means is for a man to slow down, to just slow down and be with her body and be with her presence and like just look her in the eye and tell her how beautiful she is and the things you appreciate her and touch everywhere except there, you know, like don't go to her erogenous zones until she wants you to go there because the the time when you will have the most magnetic and um, mind-blowing uh, energetics, you know, happening through sex is when a woman draws you into her. But when she's not drawing you into her and you're kind of going there before she's ready and there's like no communication. So you don't know because she hasn't said no. Mm. But if – and a lot of times as women, we like we see our worth through what we offer through our sex. And so it's like, okay, well, yeah, you know, I want to keep my man happy or, um, you know, whatever it is for that woman. She gives away her sex without being like fully ready then it's really disempowering. It's disempowering for the man because he doesn't know that he's overstepping the boundary. It's disempowering for her because she feels like she's been taken from. And then there's resent again. You yeah. know? So I would just say for men to slow down and women to communicate mm. what they need. I think that's really important what you just said. Mm. The ways that we connect and show and give love are different. Yes. They're not the same. And so you have to be aware of that mm. with the other with the other sex. So you mentioned you work with singles as well, yeah. which which would look very different. Mm. Is this working with singles who are actively engaging in like multiple partners, but not um, not a one committed relationship, if that makes sense, or is it like? singles who are in a relationship but you're only helping one of the two partners yeah so <clears throat> that often happens yeah. when someone's um, people who come to see me are often in a relationship and they just feel 
like they either don't want to connect with their partner and they just, they want to, they really want to, they love their partner, but they're just like, I just don't have any sex drive or, you know, that's on a woman's side. And usually on a man's side, it's like my woman wants me to learn more about sex uh, or I want to learn more about sex. I just don't seem to be able to turn her on anymore. And I want to show her how fucking committed and how much I love her and how much I want to like, you know, rule our roost mm. essentially. So yeah, often, um, and look, I do have people who come to me who are confused about their sexuality as well. They might be like, Hey, like I'm feeling something, um, you know, for the same sex and I don't think it's okay. And I think it's going to ruin my life or I'm feeling confused about, you know, just anything in general around my sexuality or even, you know, a lot of people who come to see me, Alex, aren't even coming to see me for their sex. They're coming to see me because they can't feel their body. They can't get out of their head. And that's my gift is to get people out of their head and into their body so that they can, um, because the body has this, has the answers to everything, right? The head will just create story and it's like a filter. Everything that we see and receive and give is like filtered through the mind and the mind holds on to all of our negative belief systems and our wounds and you know all of these things that we shouldn't shouldn't do like we've been told we shouldn't shouldn't do it as children and young teens but the body you know it's like you get a gut feeling and then you question it in your mind you're like oh no 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 I'll do it this way I'll do it that way but then you always go back to your gut feeling you're like Fuck, I should have should have followed my guts on that and mm. and that is that's what I do is I teach people how to understand the language of their body mm. yeah that reminds me of a recent conversation I had um, with Jordan Jensen about relationships and one of the main points that he spoke about was improving your, the, your relationship with yourself yeah. before you can imp improve your relationships with anyone else. And I, not, I like the analogy that you've used in the book, like a cup, yeah. you need to fill your own cup first before yeah. you can then fill your partner's cup or other people's cups or whatever. Yeah. Do you want to elaborate more on that? Or like, do you, is, is that correct what I said? Yeah, I mean, that, that's so correct. And I think what happens is um, we tend to, when you haven't really delved very far into yourself uh, around your, you know, spirituality or just even self-awareness, self-development, then you tend to think that other people are always the problem. And this happens in our relating, it happens in our dating, it happens, you know, in our like housemateships, everything. So when, when, when people come to me with that in mind, I always turn it back onto them. And I always say like, this is, this is yours. Like everything that you're experiencing is yours. The, you know, people say, oh, my, my, my wife does this and I needed to stop. It's like, I will actually know you can just um, change the way, change your story around it or change the way you feel about it or you can inspire her to do something different, you know. But everything that we are going through in life is just coming through our filter and sometimes that filter is just quite distorted, you know. So you're right. You, When we become super aware of ourselves, anything can happen in our lives and we just go, we can either go, oh, God, like, you know, that shouldn't happen and, you know, he shouldn't do that and she shouldn't do that. And it's like, or we could sit back and go, huh, okay, cool. So this is the hand that's been dealt to me and how I feel about that is, you know, I've got a problem with that because that happened to me, you know, five years ago when this happened. And so I'm just like, okay, I have a level of self-awareness here. I can just sit and be a little bit quiet on this, understand it inside of myself and then then move forward rather than trying to change everyone else, mm. right? And it's the same in a relationship. If there's a problem, start to look at the self. That reminds me, speaking of um, self kind of uh, awareness and kind of self-discovery yeah. and the way that things are becoming more and more accepted in society these days, um, I want to ask you about something that's quite controversial. Sure. But I've seen it pop up in my life mm. more and more recently. I don't know why. I don't know yeah. if it's becoming more popular mm -hmm. or I just haven't been aware of it before. Yeah. But it's polyamorous relationships or open relationships, mm -hmm. I guess. I seem to um, have – I know a couple people 
mm. who have experimented with it. And I know like celebrities who are open to experimenting with it. I want to know your thoughts on the topic as a whole. Oh, okay. Do you have a specific question? Not really. Okay, cool. But I just, well, okay, I want to know if you think that it can work long-term, I guess. Great. <sighs> or can you, why don't we start by explaining what that is? Yeah, so polyamory is when you, as, as a, the usual way that polyamory shows up is that you will have two primaries, two people who are in a relationship and then you will have secondaries outside of that, which you will both go and have um, relations with of some sort, you know, energetic, spiritual, sexual. It's usually sexual is what we think of as the mainstream. And, um, you know, in the spiritual world, you know, I have a lot of friends in the spiritual world that, you know, spiritual teachers and sexuality coaches and such. So I'm like, I see this a lot. So there's a couple of things here that, that um, I want to speak about. One is that we live in a society where everything is throwaway and everything's disposable. And so what we've come to um, be comfortable with is the green, the grass is greener over there. And I can just, you know, I, 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 this isn't like working for me right now. So I might just like go and try that and that might not work for me. So I might come back or I might go and try that. And this can be like a real, a real place of bypassing the, um, what's going on inside of the self. So some people will step into polyamory and like, it can be a really beautiful thing, but I know like in my own, um, experience with polyamory and many others that I know is it can be a way of, um, two things. It can be a way of like making out that you're, uh, higher than or you're less attached to things which is like you know in the spiritual world it's you don't want to be attached to anything mm. right because um, attachment creates suffering so you know I'm not attached to this person or that person I can be with whoever and love is love and we just let it flow and just follow the energy but then what I see is like a great big bypassing of what is actually going on for that person. Maybe that person just is shit scared of commitment. Mm. Um, and so like that's something that I see quite a bit in the, in the realms of polyamory that people just don't want to delve deep because they're scared of what they'll find or what the other person will find inside of them. And that for me was very true um, when I thought about like, oh, this sounds like a great way to do life. You know, I get to be with my partner and do all these other things. And it was mm. like, that was just me, like my my deep feeling of uncertainty of what I wanted. It was a feeling as though I didn't want what I was going through in my relationship. And so rather than dealing with that and communicating with that person, I was just like, I want to have other relationships. And so then it's just, it's just, it can be really, really messy and really hurtful. But on the flip side of that, it can be super, super beautiful when the communication lines are open. Um, you know, and two people are in a relationship together and they're like, hey, like, you know, we want to bring somebody else in or um, I, you know, they just, they, they might be someone who just feels so secure in themselves and they just, they just are welcome, like open to going and sharing, you know, their sexuality with another or having their partner share it with another. I just think that many people use polyamory as a way to like, what I see often is women will say to their husbands, okay, sure, you go and do that. Um, but it's coming from a place of, I'm not giving you enough. I'm not fulfilling your needs. And so they feel deeply ashamed and deeply guilty and deeply unsatisfied with their own, um, you know, love of self. And then they, their man goes out and he kind of like, you know, sows his seed, but essentially he's feeling unfulfilled too, because he wants to connect with his woman. That's why he's with her, you know? Yeah. And if he's if he if he if he genuinely wants to be with all these other people, or she genuinely wants to be with all these other people, great. Like that's fine if there's open communication and um, both people feel good about it. Mm. You know, that's the biggest thing. So you think it can work mm. if if communication is um, like properly communicated and both people are in a good place. 
do you think it can, if it doesn't work, that can be a good thing because then people can learn something that about themselves that, okay, this isn't for me. I thought it was, but it's not. And that can help them learn something about themselves that can end up being good in the end. Yeah. Which so it it can be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. Now, what about when, say, children are involved? Mm. Do you think it can work when children are in the picture? Yeah, I really do. Um, and the reason I do is because I think that polyamory can sometimes show up as a beautiful community. It can be a community of friends and lovers who create a family for those children, right? So it's just like um, it's it's a network and it's like they might have children and then their partners might have children and the other people might have children. And like there's just this beautiful like community feel. It, it might be, you know, very – it sounds very commune-y. Mm. But um, I'm just trying to think of the book. Actually, there's a great book on this. I don't, I don't know that it's going to come to my mind tonight. I was going to ask you that after this. Yeah. Or um, a book recommendation. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, God. I don't think it's going to come to my mind, but it's in my bookshelf. I can um, um put it in the show notes later. That'd be if you amazing. Want. Yeah, I can I can definitely send it to you. But it has a great, a really great um it really speaks a lot about polyamory and how it can be a beautiful place to have children involved. And like that's a big thing for me. Um, not the polyamory side, but having an open line of communication with children around sexuality. I mm. think it's important and I think that we really misjudge how children will take sexuality and what happens. I think we're trying to protect our children from sex because we see it as a shadow. Mm. We see it as like, well, I don't, I don't want people to know my sexual desires. So I don't like, it's a bad thing. Mm. So it's like, I don't want to, I don't want that to be seen by my children. I don't want my children to have, um, you know, there's pedophilia and there's like all of these shadow sides to sex. So we don't want our children to be involved in that. But through my own experience, what I have seen is, with my children, I'm super, super open about my sexuality. I'm super open about my experiences. Like my nine-year-old daughter will just be like, um, you know, she said to me the other day, like, um, mommy, you know, do you and Jono, my partner, do you and Jono have sex? And I was like, sure, like we do. And, and she was just like, well, like, does it sound like... <laughs> I was like, you've been listening. Um, I was like, well, sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. She's like, does it hurt? And, you know, we just went into like, I'm super open about yeah. it because what I desire is to have a have children who get to the age because children are having sex younger and younger and younger. And I desire my children to be super informed and comfortable to yeah. have those conversations where sex is like brought to them and it's like, okay, cool. You know, someone wants to have sex with them and I don't want them to not know what it is and to not know what the options are and to not know that like this can be a beautiful experience. It doesn't have to be like, fuck, be ashamed of it. Keep it under the covers. Don't tell anybody, you know. That's a good point. Yeah, I think it's – and I, it's so empowering because I, I see my kids and their relationship with their mates and they're so, so wise in their, um, you know, their wisdom around sexuality or even sexual energy or energy itself is just like they're solid, you know. They, they like in, in sex ed, um, you know, a question might be asked to the whole whole group of children and everyone will giggle and, oh. Like, it's embarrassing. And my son will just put up his hand and be like, well, actually, no, you have a choice about, you know, who you have sex with and and you have a choice to say no. And, like, the teacher's like, oh, my God, like, what? And, and, and he's just looking around going, I don't know why everyone's embarrassed, you know, and that's what I wish for the future of young people because it's like, you know, how yeah, much are. better would we be off if we knew that, like, we can communicate about this stuff and there's nothing shameful about it? be cool. That would um, – I do hope that – it's getting to that. I, I'm pretty sure it will. I hope it will. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you about um, in uh, interstellar. You mentioned in the book, interst like herbs. Yeah. What's the company called? Interstellar. Yeah, interstellar. Yep. So. Um, Tell me a little bit about that. And is there certain things that people can add into their like nighttime routine or morning routine to kind of help with their sexual energy I guess yeah sure so um interstellaraustralia.com is the website mm. and on there there's lots of different blends of herbs and these are 
very, very strong, very potent, very effective. Um, and they're a natural supplements, so everything in them is completely natural. And um, so they so there's different like blends for mental clarity and wellness, for energy, for even just natural testosterone production. I think there was one in the book. I think it was called Trinity mm. that I highlighted because mm. I wanted to ask you about it. Mm. Is that the right one? It's a great one for if you're really busy on your mind and yeah. you need to just relax a little bit and you need to just kind of chill and have a bit more clarity. You, you're missing out on sleep. You're always finding you're just like zzz mm. in the in the head. Um, that is amazing. It helps people so much with their anxiety and their depression. It's incredible. That's a, that is wow. like one of the reasons I first started getting into the herbs many years ago. What is in Trinity? Is it a blend of different Yeah, stuff? it's a blend of yeah, like a okay. hundred and something different, um, plants and yeah. mushrooms. And, um, it's, it, it is truly incredible. Like most people will say that within three hours they feel a difference. Yeah. yeah it's really incredible. But what you're asking about, um, taking something for libido, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I think Trinity was a different, mm. different one. I highlighted a few of them. Yeah. So Trinity will help, um, especially with women as far as their libido only because it helps us to slow down the mind. And the reason we get shut off from our sexuality or one of the reasons is because we get too busy in the too head. Too many things going yeah. on in the mind. Exactly. Yeah. And like, this is the thing is the more stress we have, the less sensuality, mm. the less we can feel our senses and experience our yeah, senses. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. So slow down to experience more. Right. Mm. Um, so Trinity would definitely be one that I'd recommend for people who want to, who want to like, um, clear their mind. Mm. And then there's two, there's a male blend and a female blend. The female blend is called Niagara yeah, and it is designed to increase blood flow exponentially oh, yeah. throughout the body. And when it does that, it increases blood flow to the vagina and, um, it brings about arousal. So something that I notice when I take Niagara, um, is that I am, I mean, I'm a sexuality coach, so it's like it goes hand in hand. But even before I was a sexuality coach, I noticed when I take it in larger amounts that I can really easily feel orgasmic energy in my body, like ripples of like vibration and tingles through my body. So that's really, really lovely. And is that like just a hot tea you have? Yeah, you it's just have a it powder. In a smoothie in the you know, could, <laughs> you could, <laughs> yeah, you could. But um, if you want to hack that, what I would do is have it in the most simplified version possible. And that would be either straight under the tongue. Oh, so yeah. it gets in through the oral mucosa straight into the bloodstream. Mm. Or you Snort can, it. yeah, I mean, I guess. <laughs> no, <laughs> never thought of that. Do that. It's pretty, yeah, it's like you're only taking an eighth of a teaspoon. But I mean, if you like, you know, um, compare it to a line of cocaine, that's a lot to put on your nose. <laughs> So I would have it in – most people have it in a shot of coffee actually oh, yeah. because it, it kills off the taste. These are, they're pretty potent, okay. like the, the taste. And I guess then you get caffeine as well. So you get which the will help. From that. Yes, yeah, which will help to open up the bloodstream. And then the men's blend is called Thunder. And the feedback we get – I mean, obviously I'm not a man, so I haven't felt it in my body, but um, I've had partners who've taken it. I sell it to a lot of men. And the feedback is that it's a really, it's a natural Viagra. So if they can't get a hard on, I would actually um, recommend that they come see me mm, first for some guidance. Other issues there will be other stuff going on that. behind that. Yeah. Absolutely. Like premature ejaculation and um, erectile dysfunction. Definitely see a sex coach. Definitely, definitely. But as far as like wanting to last longer, it's amazing. Like, um, it does bring about like this beautiful, uh, which I love the animalistic energy in a man. So it like really ignites his arousal and primal. primal like. Yeah. It's beautiful. And, um, yeah, I mean, the experience is like, instead of the, t the, you know, it might be a, normally you might have sex for five minutes to half an hour and you can go several hours with this, with yeah. staying hard, you know, whether you uh, ejaculate or not, you'll stay hard. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. And it doesn't give you the kind of, um, I think with Viagra, there's a frustration that goes with it. It doesn't seem to carry that. I, I, I don't know, like... That's, that's a feedback that I get anyway. There's a little bit of a like sexual frustration there. It's like my dick is still hard, you know. Um, it's like I'm not fulfilled. Whereas with this, right. it's because it's natural. It's it's a very different experience. Yeah. I, I haven't tried Viagra, so I can't give you any feedback on that. Yeah. I. It's funny, you know, um, I 
it, it seems to be just handed around like quite a lot. I see like, especially men like 20 to 33, 34, 35, just kind of like, you know, offering it to their mates. Like, hey, dude, you want a Viagra? Like just at a festival. And it's like, dude, why? Why? Why are we doing this? Yeah, well, I, I know a lot of guys that use it. Sure. Specifically, that might be a good example of someone who will only use it in that specific situation. But mm. at certain festivals that are known for other substances being taken, sure. you can lose functionality down there. Exactly. So usually Viagra is taken in that scenario mm. when you've taken other substances at certain festivals and yep. you've lost functionality there. Absolutely. Um, I know that's pretty common. Yeah. I know a lot of guys that will use it then, but not normally use it. Mm. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Interesting. So, I wanted to ask a book recommendation, mm. one that can be about anything. I know you recommended, you had a, a book in mind on polyamory, mm. which I'll put in the show notes. Do you have mm. another book or one that you've read recently? <sighs> I mean, I've got your book here, which you could recommend that, which is a good read. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it depends on what you want to like learn about, you know, there's just, um, like I love the motivation manifesto, like that's getting away from sexuality altogether, but it's a beautiful book called the, um, motivation manifesto. I think it's by Brennan Burchard. It is super oh, inspiring. Yeah. I know him. Yeah. Um, I love that book. I also love the power of now at Eckhart Tolle and you can just kind of open it up at any page and it's just like I love reading books that I can open on any page I don't have to sit down and read them because I don't have a lot of time I don't make a lot of time for mm. reading books um and you can just kind of open a page and be like that's what I needed to hear today um hmm there's like you know if you look at my my bookshelf there's books on tantric sex there's there's enlighten uh there's the enlightened sex manual that's by David Data. He's kind of like um, very much a leader in the men, men's realm of sexuality. Okay. Um, that's really good reading. And, and any of his stuff is really good reading. Alison Armstrong has some great uh, works. She has Keys to the Kingdom. She has um, The Queen's Code. And The Queen's Code I would recommend for everyone to read if you are going to have a relationship make sure you read that book it really talks about frog farming and um and the Can you explain what that yeah, is yeah yeah so it's essentially how we turn princes into frogs right as women by um again like we spoke about earlier in the in the podcast was like how women want to take control and they take away the power of their man and they turn him not so much turning the frog into a prince, but turning the, the prince back into a frog. Yeah. So it's like, and, and women like having this story of like, where are all the good men? You know, where are they? Like, you've got one. How come I can't get one? It's like, well, there's this thing that you're doing called you frog farming. Frogs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, these are like, I believe, I personally believe that every man I come across is, somebody who could be a king you know but you put him in a room with somebody who who like wants to take over and wants to like lead him and his his gifts are like shadowed you know he can't step into his gifts so you know any king has a beautiful queen with him but she doesn't she doesn't lead him from the sense of you should do this she leads him from a sense of inspiration oh yeah yeah spoke of that earlier on yeah cool I wanted to ask a question kind of about advice. Mm. So if you traveled back in time 10 years, what advice would you give yourself? Oh, geez. Exactly 10 years ago, mm. what were you doing? I was Where 29 then. So it was just before my 30th birthday. Um, you might not want to say anything to yourself. <laughs> no, there's so much. <laughs> I was just trying to actually think about what I was doing when I was 29. Um, yeah, so I was kind of around the time when I had my kids. Um, I guess, I guess, I don't know if it's so much advice. I guess what I had, I would hope to give myself if I went back then would be a, a big fat permission slip to let go of the need to please other people 
and just do things for myself in my own way. And, you know, there's been a lot of relationships, um, family relationships in particular that have fallen away with me because of the choices I've made, you know, like being a sexuality coach, um, you know, speaking openly about like these kind of things has really scared off a lot of people who are very important in my life. And um, that's been a really, really hard journey for me over the last kind of, yeah, 10 years, I suppose. But, you know, the thing is, if we keep living our lives from um, the perspective of like, I just want them to love me, we just never feel fulfilled. You won't be your true self. Yeah. And being your true self is like, there's just such a level of freedom that comes with that. And that level of freedom means you can have whatever kind of relationship you want. You want polyamory. You want to um, be in a relationship with, you know, 10 different people or you want to be in a beautiful relationship and um, with one person. You want to be in a relationship with the same sex, different sex, somebody who's like um, all sexes in one. Like it, it, it doesn't – there's, there's really a freedom that I desire for people to have is that do life your fucking way. And most of us don't know what that looks like because we've, we've just been like conditioned to go, well, this is the next step and this is the next step and, you know, this goes after that. And it's like, it's what, are you, yeah, what do you truly want? Like if you could just take away all of your conditioning, what would you do then? Like what would you do with yourself then? It's like, who would I be if I didn't, you know, worry about what my mom said or worry about, you know, the way that my workplace will accept me, but like, who would I be? You know? So that's, that's kind of what I'd say to myself back then, like step in girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Do it now. That's cool. Yeah. So one of the things that you, one of your kind of side, I don't know, one of the things that you offer, yeah. which I think is really cool is retreats yeah. for people. Mm. Um. And I know you've done female retreats yep. and I know you've also done or are planning to do male retreats. Mm. So I want to kind of talk a little bit about them. It's, it's called freedom retreats. Yes. Um, do you do retreats for both sexes or yeah. is it you just focus on one at a time? Oh yeah. Right. Good. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah. Just one at a time. Yeah. Um, and the reason I do that is um, there's something that changes very dramatically when you have different yeah. sexes at a retreat. Definitely. Yeah. So I noticed like when we have women at a retreat, if I have a man there of any sort of, um, you know, just as a support even role, just a speaker or even just or a something. speaker, yeah. the women's energy changes dramatically yeah. and they're unable to focus on what they're doing and go deeply into themselves. It's just a primal thing mm. that happens. And the same with men. So through the retreats, I like to offer um, a space where people can completely get away and unplug from their lives. So they get to step out and like I was saying just a second ago, be whoever they want to be, delve deeply into themselves, delve deeply into um, – and I guide people how to move from their headspace into their bodies so they can so they know then like okay this is what pleasure feels like and this is and it's it's definitely not all about sex but there is that element to it which will bring um so much more awareness around sexuality and so um as far as the women's retreat i really take women deeply into themselves so that they can have that permission slip to be whoever they want to be and um, with men, it's a little bit different. It, it's a, it would have to be a bit different. It's a bit different. It's an exploration. And I do run the retreat um, with a man as a leader, yeah. you know. And so he he leads essentially. He's like the initiator and I am the the guide. And I also give like, okay, this is, this is the feminine piece on this. And this is mm. the piece around – um, helping men to to drop into their bodies and feel receptivity and um, yeah, like but then there's like that initiating uh, initi initiating piece for a man where he like brings them into their masculine. So we're essentially like having men come in, and when they leave, they have explored themselves so deeply that they are so much more better. Like this, they're balanced. They feel like wow, like I know what I need. I can just unplug from my life and go and do this. I can feel into my into my body or I can boss my life in this way. I, I can tap into my primal energy. I can tap into my softness, my, my sternness, like all yeah. of that. It's an exploration of like who is he truly as a man? 
How long are these normally? Seven like, days. Yeah, okay. So th- do you do weekend ones as well or are they about seven days? Before COVID hit, yeah. um, we had planned to do um, weekend, like like a three-day over here in Australia, but we just didn't get a chance to because yeah. COVID hit. Um, so that's definitely something that I would do, but I would do it onshore. I'd do it in Australia just mm. so there's not like – because. Usually my retreats are held in Vanuatu yep. and um, beautiful, luxurious experience. Must place. Be so nice. Oh my God. And it's like five star luxury. It's like, oh my God, personal lap pools and such. It's, de- it's delicious. Yeah. Um, so like as far as, and it's only like, it's, it's a two and a half hour flight, nearly three hour flight, depending on where you're flying from. But I think for the weekend stuff, it's something that, I would like people to be able to just like, okay, duck down to the central coast or duck to Byron or or whatever it is and have a weekend, you know, with their partner, learning how to delve into each other, learning how to reignite Um, or, you know, the singles thing. It's it's just like, cool. You know, I go back to work on Monday. Let's, let's do Friday to Sunday sort of thing. Yeah. So now uh, we have a discount code for the listeners of the podcast. Mm. Do you have any of those events coming up or is it still unsure because of COVID? It's super unsure. My plan is um, March, I'm hoping, is going to be because we we have a retreat for women planned. We had one for men in August planned, but we've put that on the back burner. We've got men enrolled in it and they're just like, okay, let us know when, when we can come. Women, the next women's one is supposed to be in October. I really think it like we just might just let that dust set, um, mm. dust settle. Mm. March will be the next one, yeah, and then we'll start again with men mid next year. So, any of the listeners that do desire to um, look into that and come on board, they can just mention that they're one of the listeners, and I oh, yeah. will offer them an incredible discount. Um, actually quite huge okay i'll put it in the show notes yeah that'd be great and then the other thing that i'd like to mention for this is um i have women's and men's courses around sensuality and sexuality and the men's course um i'll speak about just quickly is that okay if i speak about that yeah Yeah. cool so the men's course is a six-week program where every week they just receive a different video training and it's everything from the finding of the the authentic self to presence and pleasure to ejaculation control and being able to master their inner energy, right? So instead of um, feeling like masturbation is a release tool, use it to really harness their inner power. Um, and then also talking in the men's course about female anatomy, pleasure anatomy, so that men know their way around a woman's body and, um, you know, the spots and all of the, all of the good little juicy things. So that is a six week course. Um, is that, is that at your own pace or does that start at a certain date? Yeah. So I'm actually just launching that on the 29th of June, but from that point on, any man will be able to do it whenever he likes. So you can just sign up because it's just sent out to mm. his inbox. He can just do it whenever he likes. There's no group work. There's no sitting in circle. There's no everybody sit together and sing Kumbaya and hold hands. Um, so you just, you'll get that. It's like totally private, totally confidential. Like I barely even see the names on there. And um, I do offer men to work with me one-on-one through that if they want to, but it's also just an option. So normally that course is um, – 997 and for your listeners if they use the discount so they'll have to go to my website zoeswain.com and if they use a discount code high performance man it comes down to 330 bucks so that's for the men for women i offer um a a quite a deep container between three to six months. It's actually three months at the, at the moment as we're speaking. And I'm thinking about lengthening out to six. Um, so for women who want to get on that, I also have a a discount code, which will bring that down considerably. And that is just high performance woman. Um, but I would just recommend that if somebody listens to this podcast and is inspired, they connect with me on Instagram, um, or they connect with me on my website and they send me a message to say, Hey, like heard your podcast. I want to join. What can we do? Like, how can you help me? I also have some scholarship programs coming out um, because like I, what I see in the world is like when you get to a place where you are able to offer back, I think it's really important that you do. Mm. Um, so that's something that I haven't quite like solidified that yet, but it's, it's, in the works. it's definitely in the works. Cool. Yeah. What's your 
Instagram handle and what's your website? Yeah, cool. So the website is www.zoeswain.com. So Z-O-E-S-W-A-I-N.com. And the my Instagram handle is, um, so it's the at symbol and then Zoe Swain dot com so there's like there's no period it's like z-o-e-s-w-a-i-n-d-o-t-c-o-m yeah cool yeah. i will put those in the show notes Great. as well it's it's a pretty big like well i don't know if it makes a difference of how many followers you have but for some reason when people just put in my name zoe swain it comes up straight away zoe swain official instagram it's usually mm-hmm. the very top one um, yeah. So, and, and like people can connect with me on Facebook, but I tend not to spend a lot of time on Facebook. Um, if I'm just looking for a recommendation locally, I'll jump on there and I'll share a little bit off Instagram, but Instagram is my, my main gig. Sweet. Me too. Yeah. Great. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's all we have time for. So cool. thank you heaps for coming on the show. It's been really good. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This has been super fun. <laughs> mm. All right, guys, if you enjoyed this, please take a screenshot and share it. I'd love to see who's listening. And also, please subscribe and give a rating on iTunes. Sending positive vibes to everyone out there. Thanks heaps for listening.